Good morning. Sister Anne and family, on behalf of my wife Beth, we express our sincere Christian condolences to you and your whole family, and as well, condolences from the loving, incredible body of Christ called Calvary Bible Church. David is the reason that we are all here, but David is not here. You are here to look within, around, and up for the Lord's perspective, truth, hope, and healing. Every human being is made in God's image. God is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet one God. All of us are three-parted, spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit allows us to have relationship with God. Our soul allows us to have relationship with each other. And our body allows us to have relationship with our environment. On November 10th, in the plan of God, David Russell's soul and spirit were dismissed from his body that was ill. Not dismissed to cease to exist, nor dismissed to float around somewhere aimlessly, but dismissed to go back to the one who gave them in the first place, God. Awaiting the resurrection of Brother David Russell's body, when that resurrected body one day will be reunited with his spirit and with his soul. I like Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. And the reason I do like these two Old Testament verses is that they help us to better understand both death and life in the light of death coming to each one of us. The verses read, Remember him, that is God, before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well and the dust returns to the ground from which it came and the spirit returns to God who gave it. And so I repeat that David is the reason we are all here, but David is not here. We are here to look around, to look within, to look into the Word of God for perspective, hope, and healing. I am going to ask Pastor Tommy Albury to come to lead us all in a word of prayer. Follow well, with me as we open our service in a word of prayer. Father, again, for this, another day, for those of us who are here and still alive, we say thank you. Your word tells us that this is the day that you have made. We need to rejoice and be glad in it. And yet there is a family here who's mourning the loss of a very dear loved one. We pray that you would be the God of all comfort to them, that you would bring peace to their hearts. We pray for Anne and the family especially. And uh, we know that this has been a difficult number of days since Brother David passed. 
but you can give them that calm, that assurance that they need, because we know that he had placed faith and trust in you. And your word tells us that for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with you, which is far better. So we just commit this dear family to you. We commit this service. May you be honored and glorified and uplifted. For it's in Jesus' worthy and precious name that we ask it. Amen. To you, Sister Anne, and the rest of the family, may you continue to know the sustaining power and the love of the Lord as you go through this uh, time of bereavement. And we invite now the congregation, if you would please stand as we sing our opening hymn, which speaks clearly of the unlimited power and love of our God through creation. And his redemption on the uh, his redemptive work on the cross
You may be seated. So good to sing truth as the people of God. Time to hear truth as found in scripture from Drew Bastian, grandson, and Taja Davis, granddaughter. This scripture reading is taken from Psalms 139. <clears throat> o Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind, and before, and you... and and have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the, up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand guides me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like, like the day, for darkness is light to you. For you have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Where I count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God! Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my, my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. The word of the Lord. Thank you. Sister Andrea Major is coming to minister in music. Good morning, church. Anne, you're a true friend and truly a neighbor. So I'm as close as a walk around the corner or a telephone call. And to the rest of the family, our hearts and prayers are with you. And I'd like just like to say to the congregation, Anne said last night she wished she could sing this song with me. So you can sing with me on the choruses. I'm going to start with the chorus, and after I sing the first, second, and third verses, you can sing with me, and let's just make a joyful noise on this song.
Thank you. This time, nephew Frederick Lowe comes to bring As I Knew Him. morning, everyone. Um, you know, death is never easy for me. Uh, and I suspect for most of you as well, with this one is especially tough. Uh, you know, I was saying to my wife on the way here this morning, it's really strange uh, because, you know, Uncle David is not here anymore, not in body at least. Because from my earliest memories of life, he was always there. And I have not only lost an uncle, I've lost one of my greatest mentors in life. And, uh, he taught me so much that I'm thankful for. You know, he was more like a brother back in the early days. My brothers and I would hang out with him back in Camp Road, and he would always be the leader. Yes, and sometimes he led us into mischievous things, but most of the times he was a good person to follow. And that was my first lessons from him. And then I saw him as a, as a son. And what a great lesson he taught me in that. He was a loving and caring son. And he also showed me how to be a strong brother. He loved his sisters, and they loved him. And uh, then I saw him as a husband. And what a great, what a great example he showed me of that. I, I could do this. I could do this. He. Uh, he showed me what a husband should be like. He loved his wife. And she loved him. And if you were even a stranger and you were around them for just a few minutes, you would see that. You would know that. And I said to somebody recently, I said, you know, the Hollywood writers would have a hard time writing a better love story. So he showed me, by example, what a good husband should be like. And then as a father, could you find a better? I doubt it. And as a grandfather, he loved his children and his grandchildren. And there too he showed me what a man should be like. And uh, who am I to question, but 
in a world that we, we lack so many strong male role models that this one is gone. But you know what? <clears throat> he will live forever in me and every other male that he mentored, and that's a lot of us. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the time I had with him, and I'm, I know you do too. So I'm very appreciative and very thankful for the way God placed this man in my life. Truth, truth be told that um, other than my dad, He is what I would like to be remembered as. I'm sorry, but he would. He is what I would like to be remembered as when I'm gone. So thank you, Uncle David. Thanks for all the lessons in life. And we'll say so long for now, but not goodbye. Because hopefully we'll all see you again. Thank you. I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing our second hymn, And Can It Be?
wonderful Savior, and so great a salvation. The message the Lord has led me to share this morning is called, We Are Not Alone, based on Psalm 139, which is read earlier in the service. It is to remind us together that we are not alone in our grief. Family and friends are with us. God himself is with us. And in the next few moments, I want to share comforting truth from the word of the God who cannot lie, as recorded in his holy book, the Bible. I have five truths in this passage that I want to share with each of us. But before I get to the five truths, I should say that about a month and a half ago, David and I had a very precious time in my office. I was led of the Spirit to turn to Psalm 139, and as I did, a huge smile came over David's face, and he said, Pastor, I've been reading Psalm 139 in my own quiet times with God of late. Last week, in the hospital, when I was very privileged to share God's Word with the Russell family, we looked at Psalm 139 in part another time. And there in the ICU waiting room, verse 18 helped us. The last part of verse 18 says, When I awake, I am still with thee. When I awake, I am still with thee. I reminded this wonderful family that one way or another, David was going to awake. Either he was going to awake to further life on earth, or he was going to awake to eternal life in heaven. But either way, David was going to awake and know that God is still with him. At the beginning of this celebration of life service, sermon. I have a question for you, each of you, not for your mate or for your children or your parents, but for each of you. I have a question. Where are you going to wake up after you die? Will you be with God 
or will you be eternally separated from God after you wake up, after dying? You know, not everyone makes heaven. Heaven is a gated community. It's God's home. And God has every right to determine who gets through the gate and into his home. Later in this message, I want to give all of us a chance to respond to God's invitation to forgiveness and heaven. Well, as I said a moment ago, we find five wonderful and comforting truths in Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18. The first truth is this. God is our counselor. God is our counselor. I see that in the first six verses. Listen to the word of God. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and art intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Yes, God is our counselor. Consider all the verbs which I have just read to you in these six verses. As our perfect counselor, God searches us, knows us, monitors us. That is, thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. As our perfect counselor, God understands us, comprehends us, tracks us, as in verse three's words, thou dost scrutinize my path. As our perfect counselor, God anticipates us, as verse four points out, even before there is a word in my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. What a counselor. God is our counselor. He encloses us for safety. He encloses us for guidance. Verse 5 calls it behind and before. He encloses us behind us and before us. You know, one of the things I enjoy doing, it keeps me young, is going to amusement parks and riding roller coasters. And ever notice when you get into a roller coaster bench, they enclose you behind and they enclose you in the front with the cage or the safety bar. God is our counselor, and he encloses us behind and before. The last verb I see in these verses is that God, the counselor, touches us. Verse 5 says he gently lays his hand on us in love. God gently lays his hand on you in love. Of course, all of these ways that God is our counselor ought to overwhelm us in a good way. It ought to take our thoughts off of ourselves and onto our great God. And all of these ways that God counsels us in a very personalized way remind me of a certain therapy dog, which I once met. I was teaching the Bible at a Christian counseling ground, and there was a man with a service dog I saw the man was not blind, so I knew the dog was not to be his sight. I couldn't really figure out what the dog was doing. So I went up to the man, introduced myself. He introduced himself. I said, I like your dog. He's a service dog. He goes, yes, he is. Do you know what this dog's trained to do? I said, no. He said, he is trained to anticipate when I am going to have a grand mal seizure. The dog was trained 
to anticipate a grand mal seizure before the man even knew he was going to have one. I said, what does he do when he anticipates you having a grand mal seizure? He says, he hits the, he hits the ground, rolls on his side to tell me, get down on the ground so you don't hurt yourself in your seizure. God is our perfect counselor. He knows everything. He knows it ahead of time, and he lays his hand upon each of us in love. But there's more in this psalm. Not only is God our counselor, but in the second place, God is our companion. God is our companion. Verses 7 to 12 state, Where can I go from thy spirit? Or where can I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell on the remotest part of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to thee, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to thee. Oh, yes, God is our companion. In the person of God the Holy Spirit with the child of God, God the Holy Spirit is constantly with us because he's constantly in the blood-bought child of God. He's never evicted from the true Christian. When we are saved, we become temples in which God the Holy Spirit lives. You know, I'm often the last person to leave this wonderful church building that is a great tool that God has let this congregation have for over 50 years. And when I'm the last person to leave the building, as I set the alarm system and lock the last door, God has left the building. Because The Spirit of God indwells every believer, and when I'm the last believer to leave the church campus, then God has left the church campus. God is our companion. Dear Russell family, properly you will hold dear Brother David in all of your hearts, all of your remaining days on earth. His memory will never be forgotten. But that being said, please remember that God who gave David will accompany each one of you all the days leading up to each of you seeing David again in heaven if you've trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior. There in God's home called heaven, there will be a forever hello, no more goodbyes. But there's a little bit more about the nature of God being our nonstop companion since verses 7 to 12, specifically in verse 10. Even there, thy hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. When the Spirit of God is the child of God's companion, then the Spirit of God leads us. The Spirit of God holds us. I can remember, as hard as it might be for you to believe this, but our family was on vacation in Ottawa, the nation's capital of Canada. And what it's hard for you to believe is I was so out of the news, I didn't know that the Queen of England was visiting Ottawa the day that we got there. But I soon figured it out. 
there's a flag that flies only over the building in Ottawa when Her Majesty the Queen is present in the city. The crowds were immense. Literally, I've never been in tighter crowds. You couldn't do even this much. People were pressed up against you on all fronts. And our son, who was not very old at that time, maybe eight years old, Daddy, I want out of here. I'm scared. I didn't tell him I'm scared too. But you know what I did? I laid my hand on J.D., And with the other hand, I took hold of his, and I went through the crowd. Make way. Please make way. Child in distress. Please make way. At one point, he turned to me and said, what's distress? (laughs) God, the Holy Spirit, as the believer in Christ's companion, leads us, and he holds on to us. So what have we seen so far? We've seen that God is our counselor, verses 1 to 6. We've seen God as our companion, verses 7 to 12. But there's more. The third truth in this psalm is God is our creator. You know, nowadays, evil people debate when human babies are really persons. But God's very clear on it. Life begins at conception, according to God. God creates human beings starting with conception, The psalmist understood that. Verses 13 to 15, talking to God, the creator. For thou didst form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. I give thanks to thee, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Oh, yes, God is our creator. 67 years ago now, God made baby David Lynn Russell and gave him a spirit and gave him a soul and gave him a body. And on November 10th, David's weakened body stopped working. And at that same instant, David's spirit and soul were dismissed to immediately go to be with Jesus Christ in heaven. Your 2 Corinthians 5.8 assures absent from the body, present with the Lord. Of course, the timing of this surprised only us. The relatively shortness of David's life on earth did not in any way sneak up on God, the creator. This brings us to our fourth truth, and it is this. God is our conserver. God is our conserver. I see that in verse 16. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Think of it. For each and every one of us, God conserves us for a certain number of days on earth that he has prepared and and predestined and decided before we even were conceived. And as our conserver, God is proactive and never reactive. Jesus got every day which the Father willed for Jesus to have on earth. The timing of the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday event, was predicted in Daniel chapter 9 to the day. And this implied the predetermined date to the day of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. 
Dear David Russell, God, every single day which God had ordained for him before he was conceived. So let me look back to remind you what we've seen so far. God is our counselor. God is our companion. God is our creator. God is our conserver. There's one more truth. God is our caregiver. God is our caregiver, verses 17 and 18. How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. And when I awake, I am still with thee. God is our caregiver, dear sister Anne and family, and all of the rest of us. Ponder that. Each and every day, infinite God's thoughts toward each and every one of us are innumerable. You simply cannot count God's thoughts toward you in any given day because there are way too many. And according to these verses, God's thoughts about each of us every single day are like the number of grains of sand in the world's beaches. That's a simile, a figure of speech to say they're innumerable. That's how much God cares for each of us. My wife's name is Beth, and when we were engaged to be married, I thought of Beth so many times every single day that I would lose count of my considerations of her in any day. But that consideration and thought of her was also very expensive because a lot of those times, Beth was in Dallas, Texas, and I was in Toronto, Ontario, and we talked long distance on the phone. Think of it. We have a caring and a loving God who has too many to count up thoughts toward each of us every day. Do you know what that means? Because God is your caregiver. You don't need photo ID to get help from him. You don't need a username. You don't need a password. You don't need a PIN number. You don't need a reference letter. You don't need a a prescription. You don't need a voter's card to get God's attention or help or care. And so I ask in near closing, have you let God, this God, care for you in the very most important way possible? Let me tell you quickly how a person gets to wake up from death with God in heaven. Let me tell you quickly how a person gets through the pearly gates and into God's home called heaven. The Bible is full of bad news and good news. The bad news is about us, and the good news is about God. The bad news of the Bible is we all are sinners. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That bad news gets worse because God says there's a paycheck we earn for being less than God, sinner. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's bad news. That's all about us. The good news of the Bible is all about God. The good news of the Bible about God is that God loves sinners. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in this, that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. But that good news gets even better because in Ephesians 2.8-9, God has a gift of forgiveness in heaven for those who will believe on his son. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one will boast. No one will be in heaven, and you will ask them, how would you get here? I have perfect attendance in Sunday school. I gave to the United Way. 
I was better than my neighbor down the street. That will not happen. Every one of us who will get to heaven will get there as a gift, and we get there as a gift because Jesus was good enough, and he died in our places. But like any gift, salvation in heaven is only your gift if you receive it. Just knowing about it isn't enough. Some of you here today have known all about this since you were little. But have you received the gift of forgiveness of heaven, forgiveness of sins and heaven? Have you received that? Here's how you would. Where you sit, silently, you would pray something like this. God, I have blown it. I'm not like you. I know that I earn separation from you. But thank you for your love to send Jesus I believe he died in my place and rose again from the dead. And right now, the best way I know how, I put my full trust completely on Christ. Make me new from the inside out. Change me. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, it wasn't a magic prayer, but God heard you. And he saved you. Tell someone before you go to bed tonight if that happened to you. Going back and closing to the final truth that God is our caregiver. How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand when I awake. I am still with thee. So, my friends, with God's mammoth and God's humongous care for each of us, firmly established by the text, We press into God. We run to God. We wait on God. We trust God and we love God. If any of us here this morning were to bluntly, directly ask God, how much do you care for me? God would point to an old rugged cross on the outskirts of the old city of Jerusalem and God would say, this much. That's how much God loves and cares for us. And so in conclusion, by way of comfort and encouragement, Psalm 139, 1 to 18 has taught us God is our counselor, God is our companion, God is our creator, God is our conserver, and God is our caregiver. So it turns out that God actually is God. It turns out that God actually is our Father who art in heaven. And the song has it right. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne You are God alone. You're unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable. That's what you are. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are and for what you do for us, your redeemed children. Your word has taught us and comforted us today. Thank you, gracious God, that beyond the shadow of any doubt, we certainly know that David Lynn Russell is safely home, redeemed, justified, forgiven, healed, and now glorified. He is happy in every way, for he has gained heaven. His faith has been made sight. 
He is better understanding now the scope of all the promises of God, which are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Having seen Jesus, he has been made to be fully like Jesus. He is now saved from sin's penalty, from sin's power, and now even from sin's presence. He has been made to stand in the presence of your glory, Father, blameless and with great joy. Thank you, merciful God, that David is with you, and he has never been better. Lord, we are aware here on earth that we are still battling Satan and self, and it's not easy. Today we have many tears because we have much love for David. We look forward to ourselves experiencing what David has experienced since last Thursday night. No death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. May none of us miss out on this wonderful Savior, salvation, forgiveness, or heaven. God, the Holy Spirit, we commit and commend Anne and her lovely family to you for comfort, guidance, and strength. Even as you have been for David over the course of his life, be our counselor, our companion, our conserver, and our caregiver. Now please, Father, help us to see not only the visible because it is temporary, but Lord, help us to also see the invisible because it is eternal. Help us now to take our victory in Jesus, not by our feelings, but instead by the facts of your word, the Bible. We pray this in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's people said, amen. Please stand for our recessional hymn, Victory in Jesus, and the service will conclude at the Woodlawn Cemetery. Let us all stand now for Victory in Jesus.
closing the last stanza, the family has invited as many as would like to to uh, attend the luncheon that is provided here immediately following the graveside service in the Earl Wish Auditorium. That'll be a, a luncheon immediately following the graveside service. As we now sing the closing uh, verse, uh, we'll have the uh, ministers uh, and family proceed out.